All right. Welcome to Defy the Norm podcast. We are back. It has been a very long break. I have no clue what episode we're even on, and it doesn't matter because we are so excited to share a whole bunch of awesomeness with you today. So we're going to cover a new uh, a new truck that we bought. We're going to cover about how rad it is that there's so much kindness in the world. We're going to cover uh, why you should be extra motivated to work on your marriage. How many years are we at now, Victor? Almost 30. 30 years, man. We've learned a lot. I really wish people would take some advice in this episode because marriage is not easy, but it is so worth it. So we're with that. Let's dive right in. To inspire you to boldly and unapologetically live outside the box, dream big, and question everything. This is the Defy the Norm podcast with nomads with a purpose. All right, so let's talk with the exciting part that we are recording this episode in our new truck. No, 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 in our new mobile studio. Oh, that's, that's the way right. I like to see it. <laughs> well, yes, except that we're going to get a new toy hauler next, and that'll be our mobile <laughs> okay, studio. This is our recording studio. Yeah, you're right, you're right. right, right, right. I'll give it to you. Um, yeah, it's been, we've taken a long break from the podcast because we just had way too much on our plate. But I woke up this morning and I'm like, Victor, we should go record in the new Ram. You want to tell them about the new truck? Well, we had to, we can't, Robin and I can't, came to a decision after, gosh, the fourth. We've been stuck in, well, not stuck. Because Canyon City is amazing. We've had amazing rock climbing. I've actually persevered enough that I actually had a positive experience on the wall. I took a little swinger for the first time ever, which is a big deal for me because I don't trust anything. I just don't. Look at Victor going on rants or uh, going on side, side tangents. So, <laughs> like, that's awesome. Maybe we should go into that one no, first. No, no, no. I was going to bring it back. I okay, okay. Just <laughs> let, let me reel it back in. So... So, but the truck, our, our F-350 kept breaking down and, um, we didn't even tell podcast. They don't even know the story. We drove from Montana, uh, took the girls to Lander, Wyoming. Um, they were trying to take flight and be independent and have some experience and meet like-minded people. So we left them there and then we came down to Canyon city and the idea was where Robin had our fifth wheel store down here. We're going to pick it up, spend some time here and start bouncing our way back towards them. But our truck broke down when we got here. Um, we had a couple amazing experiences, guys. It's, you know, we, you always say manifestation. People who don't believe in manifestation or, or don't draw that positive energy. We had some people that really just stepped up to, to help us. You know, the tow truck driver, uh, Shane, this is a shout out to you. If you ever listen to this, I doubt you ever will. Because <laughs> that's just not the kind of person you are. But an amazing human that just thought, Hey, you know what? You're in uh, Fremont County. Like there's no rental cars. There's no, there's no Uber around here. It's like, I have an extra truck. Well, you guys are here. Do you just want to borrow it? And my jaw kind of hit the ground. Like, 
yeah. I'm like, what do you want for it? He's like, nothing, man. Just trying to help you out. Yeah, of course. And, and so he lent us a truck for almost three weeks and, and um, while we're fixing our F-350. And we fixed it a few times, actually. Um, it, yes, it's the 6.0. If any gearheads out there, yeah, it's a 6.003 with the ejector problems. But this truck has literally taken us back and forth to Florida twice and actually has a pretty good track record. So we're in the process of fixing that. But it just got to the point like, look, we're nomads with a purpose. Hard to be nomads with a purpose without something dependable. And we actually bit the bullet and bought a brand new Ram 3500 2022. And uh, so we don't have to worry about getting around for <laughs> for a long, long time. Yeah, it was it was pretty amazing. We we fixed the truck once, and then when I drove it, like maybe thirty minutes later, I guess the power boot fell off or something. I don't know. It was a loud Turbo. noise. Turbo boot. Thank you. And we were smoking going back into the campground. And even in that case, Shane, the tow truck driver, towed his truck up to us and then towed ours back to the mechanic to get the turbo fixed. And then we hitched up a get we finally hitched up a couple days ago to drive out of town and literally made maybe made it 10 miles before we had injector failure again so it has been quite the ride but since victor started talking about climbing a little bit a big reason i feel like for me that i decided to bite the bullet and have a truck payment again because you know we've kind of prided ourselves on staying debt free and with everything going on you know you know there's this uh, I was very torn to stay out of the system, but you're, you're not, you're kind of stuck in the system when you're broke down and you have no options to go. So it's kind of like when we lived in Polson, as much as I thought it was beautiful, but when I first went there, I'm like, communist won. If I live here, if I got stuck here, communism won because there were, there's just no choices. And, you know, you have to, you have to keep fighting for your choices and fighting for your options. And so it's a thousand dollar truck payment to fight for your options, I guess, these days, but that's okay. Um, the big reason, big reason I'm getting back to is because it's been really amazing journey for Victor and I over this last month, well, over 30 years too, but over this last month in more, because the fact that, you know, kids do grow up and it was hard for me to let go of Gabby and Isabel. They were my adventure buddies, but they were also who I became dependent on for interacting throughout the day they were who I spent my life with in a way and even though Victor and I have been together for so long our interaction hadn't you know we were we weren't doing as much stuff together as right until a month ago yeah well one of the most powerful things about that guys and especially being in a relationship for keep going for you're us. good I'm gonna get more coffee <laughs> keep going one of the most powerful things about being in a relationship for as long as Robin and I have been is that, you know, you can see yourself in a relationship as sort of sitting on this ship traveling across vast oceans. But oftentimes it, people struggle with that sort of analogy because they think, well, wait a second, I don't want to be on the same ship. Instead, you can kind of see yourself on ships par in parallel courses. And as we started to really broach this and your own self-growth of be back okay uh, as we started to really work on our self-growth like you know everyone changes at a different rate and I was I've always been kind of open to to change but but I can't 
I just can't do it as fast as Robin has. <laughs> and, and so as we started traveling, look, I was like focused on, um, my businesses, my business, my personal training, my coaching business, which has now evolved significantly. And, and I didn't, didn't care about anything else unless I was providing for my family. And so it kind of locked me into things like, look, I don't, I don't have time to go do that and that. I need to do this and this. And yes, that's responsible. But at the same time, can create a division between a couple. Uh, and because we're not doing, we have, we're not crossing paths as much. And I was completely happy to do that. Um, get some gym time. I could, especially we're in San Diego, I could train jujitsu. Okay, you go do, fine, you're going to do that awesome hike. Great. You know, I really want to just keep uh, working with my clients, uh, train, and, and I was happy. But it starts to go like, it starts to get to a point and, and a simple way to look at it is I look at the way Robin's leading and climbing now, like, whoa, I'm, I'm like a lifetime behind her in this, in this sport now. Now that doesn't, is that wrong? No, no, I really don't put any weight on it. I actually am in such a good spot with my, uh, with my development and my ego or ego as you, whatever you want to call it, that I'm like, well, whatever, man, I can't be good at everything. And I don't need, I, this is my expression. At any rate, I think that kind of yeah. rounds out. What do you want to Rock add Rock climbing that? is the perfect analogy for it because I am not by any means an amazing climber. Just like I am not amazing. It's not like I've uh, attained enlightenment or anything on this self-growth journey. However, I have taken significant actions to align my intention for where I want to be to where I uh, am at any given moment. So when we got here to climb, I didn't have Gabby as my rope gun anymore. And I had to sit in, inside myself and go, what do I want? How good of a climber do I want to be? How much do I want to um, really like depend on myself? Meaning I could easily go set up sevens and eights and a few nines, but do I want to take it to the next level? Do I want to challenge myself here? And the same thing for self-growth. Every time, you know, over the last, especially the last few years with travel, every time Victor and I hit heads and, and I'm standing here like, look at this beautiful, I mean, we're in this kind of an ugly campground, like people's RVs are really dilapidated. Yeah. But then at the same time, I'm staring out and you can see like that mountain covered in snow way out in the distance in front of us. And there's just so much beauty around us that, you know, you have to sit back every so often and decide like, what's important if while to me there was that always that moment like this is more important to me to experience life even if it's a dilapidated rv in front of me for today but tomorrow i might be sitting under pike's peak and the next day i might be you know in the tetons who knows where we're gonna go now but the thing is is there's like this moment of realization where is this what i want for the rest of my life or do i want more and, and bringing it back to climbing, like for me, I knew that there, that I wanted to grow, but I didn't have to like go from being a five, nine climber to a five, 12 climber overnight. I had to take the steps. And so when we'd go to Arvine and Victor would be stuck in this mentality, I got to work more. I got to work more. I got to provide more. I got to work out more. I got to all that. And I'm like, well, I gotta, I have to, there has to be a little bit of a detachment and like, all right, I understand that you're there. But my third eye says that I can't stay here. I can't stay stuck in that mentality. I have to keep pursuing. I think the turning point, though, this last month, hang on, I gotta sip my coffee. Mm -hmm. mm, 
the turning point this month was that Victor and I have worked a lot together on self-growth from many different angles. Chakra healing, Enneagram, consciousness. Yeah. And I think the thing that came back to me all the time is I would just make a request that just have a willingness. Just just you, to be able to step into your fear. Well, I, I kept telling you, act curious. But the curious is a willingness. Curious means like I'm a will I'm willing to I'm willing to explore. I'm willing to wonder. So when you're on the rock wall, for him, he's on top rope. There's no way that he is going to die. As long as he trusts his gear, I mean, he checks his gear, that he tied in right, checks the rope, you know, make sure the anchors are correct. All of those things, you can be systematic about ensuring your safety. So there's no way he's going to die up in that situation. It's very rare that I would even die on lead. I might get hurt pretty bad if I take a, a, a big fall in a wrong spot or, but it's, it's really a safe sport. And so I'd go, okay, if, if you're there, like all I'm asking really was for a willingness to, to explore while you're on the wall, like a willingness to sit there and feel around. There's a, you know, cause people get on the wall, they get scared and they keep reaching for the same damn handhold over and over and over. And you're just like, it's like life. Okay, stop repeating your patterns. You gotta try something new. You gotta maybe shift your hips to the right or reach over with the left or move offline a little bit. But but it triggers, especially if you have trauma or really it's just your programming, it triggers a response of uh, irrational fear. Because, right, you would go up there now and I'd be like, look, you just gotta, you gotta logic, add a little bit of logic to the fear. What is the actual fear? Right, 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 right. Absolutely. And, and so this last time we climbed was pretty amazing because Victor, I said, ah, oh, just try one. He was in a really good mood. I'm like, ah, oh, just try, just try this, this one climb. I, it's a little out of your range, but it was really just one section that was a little out of his range. And he actually was in a position that he held on long enough till his hand failed. Like his, his, he would usually like quit before he actually had muscular failure. And it was like an arm jam. And eventually he's it's, it's just like, oh, I can't hold on any longer. I'm going to fall. And he like, it was literally like Austin Powers, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like the scene where he's like, no. And it's just, it kind of happened in slow motion. I was like, well, that was uneventful. <laughs> but, kinda, your mind's but you telling- work it up. Yeah, yeah, this is the thing is that. Um, and anyone that deals with a little bit of heights thing. And, and there's some situations, like I did the sky coaster with them. And I'm like, that's different for some reason. But for some reason, uh, climbing always hits this nerve. And I, I just can't seem to get a bearing on it. Well, and, and I don't want to really do it in fight or flight. Because there's a good chance. Like I used to just push through those like really, really aggressively. But that to what end? I was like, wait a second, how is this? How am I having, how is this fun? If I needed to get up that thing, I probably could do it in a manner that got me up. Um, but I'm like, the goal is to like truly enjoy the process. And so I started slowing down and because I slowed down, it keeps me up there longer. And especially as I get higher and higher, I have this something inside that starts to affect how my, how I move. It literally does. So it was an interesting thing to go through that, but that's growth. And that's, and I'm really at a point where I don't care sharing it, but because a little bit, huh? Yeah. A little little. bit. Oh man, I'm such a wuss. (laughs) It's just a different, what happens is it, whether it's, whether it's trauma or programming, it, it just becomes this feeling of lack of control 
even though it makes no logical sense, because I look at Victor, I'm like, well, you're not really in control of that many things. I mean, that's kind of why he liked to marry me, because he's like, oh, good, you just take control of this shit. I don't have to worry about it. But, but you know what I mean? There is some sense of, for you, when you're, when you're on the wall, it parallels a feeling of childhood of being out of control. Do you think so? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're not, you know... We're on a gree-gree, I'm on top rope, but it's still, I'm reliant on on someone else. And like, you know, the trust issues that I developed early on uh, because of the stuff I went through, like that exposes that. And and I, I have no idea. Coupled, I was, I can only ever really remember like having one fearful experience. Um, but if I say to trauma, you. trauma, like, you know, like growing up so it's like like heights okay one time maybe i had that but but if i said to you how often did you feel in control as a child in control never right and so i think that what happens is he gets on the wall and it's that same feeling you know when he goes to do weight training feels in control you've had the same job for a really long time you feel in control of that interaction Experience, all the time sure. When we taught gymnastics, I'd always see Victor. I'm like, wow, this is like, this is his flow state in a way. This is where he feels in control of the situation. I see right away when he goes on the rock wall or a lot of our other experiences, that feeling of having to depend on something else and yourself is really hard. And, you know, I got to make a lesson out of everything. But it it really is something that most people don't notice because, you know, I, I... again, had the gift of growing up in situations where I had to depend on myself often. And because I did depend on myself often, I learned to navigate failure with curiosity. Oh, sh- oh, I'm going to go for this. I'm going to try this thing. Let's say I'm riding the, the big sand dunes with following, you know, a bunch of drunk guys in the desert. And I got to keep up. If I don't keep up, then they're going to leave you. I'm going to be left by myself at 12 years old in the middle of the desert. I'm sure they would notice eventually if I trailed off. And my dad usually hung out behind me and he, well, he was almost always there behind me. So it wasn't that exaggerated, but that same, that to have to challenge yourself, push outside your comfort zone, stay very alert, make decisions and Sometimes you fail, most of the time you succeed, but that willingness to to develop the confidence, it really develops confidence in your ability because I see it when I know personally when I'm inside my head while I'm climbing, it's the same it's the same thing that happens. And then we see it in Jariah, right? Because he's been brought up to like go for it, go for it, go for it. I got you. I you know, you're safe. Like when he's lead climbing cuz he led um, a route this week. That was a big deal for him. When he's lead climbing, it's literally the same as like when I was riding in the dunes and my dad's behind me and he's like, go for it. I got you. Like, you know, I'm following you. You go, you lead. You know, if something happens, I'm here for you and things have happened. But Jariah leads that and it's the same thing. I'm sitting there below him. Like he even goes, oh, hurts his poor dad's feelings. He says, mom, I want you to blame me because he knows that I'm going to be like right on him going, you okay, it. you got this. You got this. Okay, shake out now. Time it. Think through the next move. And then he finishes, and he's so stoked. It's really cool to see uh, him at 13 get to use something like this to develop so much confidence. Manipura. Absolutely. So let's, let's let me round out 
that one. It's a big thing. It was, I think in our marriage, the reason we bought the truck is because I feel so aligned for once in our marriage. It's not for, for once. once. Get la chinga, man. What's Except up? <laughs> for a long time. Well, when do you feel like it was the last time we kidding. felt so aligned? It's been a while, right? It's been, it's, yeah, it's been a while. And I think the reason we didn't feel aligned was because, yes, I did miss my girls, but I would be able to just find some other distraction, like, oh, fine, you're not, you don't want this. It doesn't matter. You stay back. You do you. I'm going to go play with Gabby and Isabel, and I'm going to go have fun. And so it was, you know, a place where you can easily, I'm sure a lot of people, I know because I coach a lot of people, Victor coaches a lot of people, you can easily do the same thing with your best friend, with your job. You can avoid finding that alignment. And when I coach people, I always start with third eye. Third eye is like the go-to. Where do you want to see yourself? I don't care if it's tomorrow. I don't care if it's a month, a year. If somebody starts working with me, it's because they don't want to be in the same place they are today, tomorrow. But if I ask, where do you want to be? And it's a question I ask Victor, like, pretty much on a daily, huh? Yeah. And it's hard. Some people aren't wired to be like, oh, well, this is my goal. This is where I want to be. This is what I want to achieve. This is where what I want to experience. Da, da, da. Um, and so they go third eye. You, okay, this is your take home. If like you are struggling in a relationship, you have to be able to sit in that third eye first and decide for yourself what it is that you want. Script it out, write it in bullet points, draw a picture. I don't care. It doesn't really matter how you get it out, but you've got to get it out of your head and into something tangible that you can see. And then the next step is really comes down to uh, sacral chakra, you know, self-worth. Do you really believe you're worth it? Do you believe that that you should do the effort, do the manipura to make it so that you can achieve it? And you know, that ends up being the sticking point where people see like, oh man, there's this gap between what I want, what my third eye sees for myself and what I believe I am capable of achieving or believe that I'm worthy of achieving. Do you want to add anything to that? That's Yeah, that's to unpack that just a little bit. If you're new to the podcast, we talk a lot about chakra points. We talk a lot about the Enneagram and how we weave that in. Why? Because it creates this wonderful template for you to be able to understand someone at their core, right? So the Enneagram is a wonderful way of defining what someone's core desires are. And if you're struggling with someone, sometimes it's like, wait, let's back this up, <laughs> go to the beginning. All right, this is kind of where you're at and this is where I'm kind of at. And this is what becomes really, really important is that you can kind of get down like, okay, this is the kind of person you are. This is the kind of person I am. We know each other, we're individual people, but. Okay, if we use this as a template, how can we use it to come together better? And then if you use uh, chakra, remember ener these energy hubs are evident in everyone. And if you figure out where potentially you could be having your issue and you're working on those, some pretty amazing things can happen very, very quickly, individually and as a couple. And I'll tell you that this, not only from someone that's practicing it on people on the daily, but also I'm practicing it on myself individually, daily working on myself and working on those hubs to try to improve my, my self-growth journey. Yeah. Do you think, uh, is there any like small part of that that you feel like made a big difference this month in changing how you, I mean, cause we haven't said it, but you actually, you oh. like RV living now, right? 
Yeah, well, I'm I not love putting the, you on the spot, but I'm yeah, saying, I mean, I'm, I listen. I would, I would say that I like, I always liked it, but some part of me, other parts of me that weren't growing, did not. And to describe that, that just means that what I was feeling, that threat, that fear, like some part of me loved, like just the space that we're in, right? And love being in nature, love unpacking, but I had this worry still and which I still battle it's not it's nothing right is that security that safety and security that root chakra that sacral chakra that's incredibly always been my challenge I'm hyper vigilant I get into new situations I wear myself out trying to take in all these details but because I've now can hover a little bit and see myself doing those things I go oh Okay, calm it down, bring it down. All right, I need, just need a few minutes. All right, take care of my physiology a little bit. I just need some nutrition. Um, and and this is someone that's been in the health and fitness industry for 30 years. It's just another level of attention. It's right? a good reminder why uh, Enneagram matters so much because certain Enneagrams are really great at noticing when, um, when they need nourishment need rest need they're in their bodies a little bit more or like more aware of what do i need in this moment to achieve my dreams and some are a little bit more out like you know if you're a type two you're the helper you're so concerned with other people's physical kosha or emotional kosha that you forget so i have the saying with victor like a truck that has like our beautiful new truck with the gauge i'm always like look at your forearm and tell what does your gauge need like there's, there's this lack of check-in of, oh, shoot, I'm tired. Oh, shoot, I need food. Oh, man, I... Well, you're, you're so often we're taught to like push past those points or not pay attention, it, pay attention to it. But the problem is if you don't have... The mind-body connection is incredibly important. And um, if you aren't paying attention to your gauges on some level, your body will start talking to you and, and start letting you, sending you signals. Pains that don't heal. Um, rest of sleep, uh, hormone issues, you know, all these things like a little dis-ease, you know, you're getting sick more often, your adrenals start to have, you need more caffeine and more stimulants. And eventually that can continue to propel to greater, greater and greater problems. And so living a life in alignment is obviously also critical because all of a sudden you're living a life in alignment, like getting out in the car to do this, let's do it. I'm, I'm ready to, I'm ready to chat up a storm. This is alignment. I could wake up with intention every morning to do this because we're getting a message out through our experiences. You can have your own self growth as well. And we can give you the information and the pieces that could help you live an amazing life. Yeah. Um, all right. So I think we covered the big things with climbing marriage. We'll come back to marriage every day because I think it's so important, but I didn't say this in the intro, but I was thinking because I'll forget to unpack this. I want to talk about, since we're talking about health, let's talk real quick about um, type 3 diabetes. Do you think we can go into that? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, you know, type 3 diabetes is people right now are going, what are, you, what are you talking about? Well, as most people know, that that is a blood sugar management problem, right? That, that your endocrinology is off. You can't manage your blood sugars up and down, up and down. Well, uh, scientists are recently calling um, any mental cognitive problems, things l like uh, dementia, type 3 diabetes. And a big part of that has to do with the damage between the blood-brain blood barrier. And 
you you know it doesn't take rock what's happening in you know we we see people with extended periods of time that they've had diabetes sometimes they lose fingers and toes because those small vessels start to get damaged by the inability to manage that sugar right so that sugar starts to go through the vessels and eventually over time if it's not managed correctly it destroys the capillaries well people have sort of forgotten that hey guess what we have that kind of blood flow to the brain so it's not just going to happen in one spot. That's why it happens in the toes. That's why it happens in the fingers. That's why it starts damaging the kidneys. And so if you're having issues with brain fog, cognitive changes, memory changes, it could be linked to blood sugar management issues. It could be this onset of type 3 diabetes, which, which is a precursor for dementia, Alzheimer's, Please make sure you go do it's just a Google search your way. Never trust anything we say. You go go Google search it, find the information. Of course, some of this it's information it might be second and third page. Let's be honest. Like no one wants to know. Like it's still very difficult to go dangers of of seed oils. It's, it's not just gonna come up uh, the most common yeah. studies because there's so much uh out there to battle that information especially if the, in the companies that are that are standing to make millions upon millions so uh, and Pete, make sure to like you go talk to a doctor do you think a doctor's most doctors are going to right away say oh you have type 3 di- three diabetes let's look at your nutrition and see if we can change fine tooth comb yeah and yeah remember the average doctor spends literally no time in a nutrition class and with development they're in a system potentially that they're only looking at schematics on a daily basis or research studies so they'll they'll just look at the title okay got it that's what they said they're not necessarily going to take apart anything and we're always in a process where we should be learning and the unfortunate fact is that most doctors are seeing people for every six minutes for the entirety of the day to make it a profitable business and feed their family. Um, so it's important for you to go find your family. You know, people get all bent out of shape like, oh, oh you're p- playing Google doctor. Well, that's how we gather information. Now, where your resource comes from, that becomes important. That information is all out there. At any rate, um, the damage to our bodies associated with inflammatory inflammatory diseases is really really what's what's at the pinnacle and people should be more worried about we have more information more technology more medical information than we ever had yet particularly america is sicker than it's ever been and especially over the last 2 years we've seen um an uptick obviously inflammatory disease everyone's inflamed Hmm, let's guess what we can unpack that at a, on a later p- podcast, but it comes down to bad sugars, bad source food, seed oils, right? And so that starts to impact your intern, the lining of your vessels, the lining of your gut health. Think about how many people are sensitive to foods, or if you're not, some of the things that I tend to see when I start unpacking people's nutrition, how they feel, they don't even know that they're having these things until they ask the question and you start asking, hey, how do you feel after you eat that? And they're like, well, you know, I don't even think about it. And then they start thinking about it a week, like, come and think about it. I'm always bloated. I'm always, I'm, I'm always achy after I eat that, right? <laughs> well, I only wanted to bring touch on it too, because it does come back to your relationship hmm. because you got to come at your relationship from both sides. We just started this podcast by saying like, hey, Victor and I were, were having um, 
trouble. And I mean, we weren't having trouble, but it was like we weren't consistently aligned with where our third eye wanted us to go. Meaning we weren't sitting down and I was, I, I'd get frustrated. I'm like, hey, are we going to live in the RV? Where are we going to go? Da, 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 all these things. Like I, I want to have a vision for our future to know that I'm excited that we're doing this together. And there was this period of time. So we didn't have that third eye vision together. Whereas I, all right, I have a vision for me. You seem to have a vision of staying in the same spot for forever. That's okay. I still love you, but this is not passion and joy. I want passion. I want this to be exciting. So I'm going to be patient a little longer, but we're going to revisit this. This is not the dream. And then he'd say, you're right. This is not the dream. Okay. Give me a second. I got to work on these chakras and look at my programming. You see how it's tied there starts with this third eye. The third eye goes, let's lay it out on the table, cards on the table, decide what card is causing a problem. Now, the thing is, is like some people, maybe you have the same vision, but you're not actually taking the steps towards said vision because your physiology is jacked up. And right. that's why I wanted to bring it back because I do see this in a lot of people that they're sabotaging their relationship because they're not addressing their physiology together. Mm. One person might be addressing it, getting healthier, making good decisions, and the other person is completely unaware of the fact that they are they're not they're not at optimal health, you know? If you're not sleeping 8 hours a night, something's off. You're, mm. you're not like you don't have superpowers that make it so that you need less sleep than the normal human being. No, you've just settled. You've just accepted the fact that that's just your baseline normal and that's unhealthy. Well, you can't be in a healthy marriage if you don't have a healthy body or a healthy physiology. It all and starts with your yeah, with your with your own individual health. Take your your physiology sets sets up your psychology. Right. Yeah. And the reason Victor and I are probably going to come on here all the time and still bring it back to relationships is because it's relationships do change the world. My, my dad uh, was talking to me yesterday and, um, you know, he was talking about, you know, maybe, maybe I turned out pretty darn good, but I was talking about what my kids were doing and I feel pretty proud that I'm like, well, you know, they're, they're driven. He, he was kind of complaining about lack of motivation in the world and maybe in, some kids that he knows closer to him and he's he's like I just don't get it why don't they have motivation then here I am saying like oh Isabel and Gabby they're motivated to be to make enough money so that they can support themselves in Lander Isabel's been playing live to make extra money you know in the bars and the and the coffee shops and she they're motivated they're driven to achieve something they're working hard on their blog and on their coaching brand um and then Jariah, you know, is doing these rock, he's motivated to achieve things on the rock wall. There's a sense of motivation that our kids have. And I go, dad, you know, they wouldn't have that motivation if it wasn't for the relationship Victor and I have. If Victor and I took a different turn and said, you know what, you don't have the same third eye vision as me, I'm out of here. If we quit when things got hard, our kids would have been totally different. And I, I understand, you know, some people have to separate in their relationships, but from what I've seen, people could have, could have, uh, prevented that way earlier. If both parties were willing to evaluate, uh, themselves, actually, it's not even evaluate the marriage. If each party was like, Hey, am I showing up as the best version of myself right now? 
things could have probably gone, not probably, things would have gone a different direction. And as you know, if you listen to episode one, I always go, hey, it was great. I was hurt that my kid, that my parents were divorced. I was hurt. I was never felt listened to or loved or seen as a kid. And then I met Victor and he loved me so much and let me feel uh, seen. And so that pain turned into a positive. It, it, you know, so if you're in a situation like, great, so you're telling me, Robin, because I divorced my ex a long time ago, now I just ruined my kids. <laughs> no, you can turn it around. But at the same time, I'm someone who's going to make lemonade out of all lemons. So, you know, you, if, if, it, if it matters to you, my husband's amazing in that he always goes, when I start getting upset, like, don't you, don't you want to go rock climb here? Or don't you want to go do this or go travel? Da, da, da. And my anger might, as a type eight, get exaggerated. He goes, look, are you in or are you out? And I love that. I love that about him. He goes like, no, 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 I'm in. Okay, let me breathe for a second and think about what is the root emotion that is making me so angry right now? Okay, well, maybe fear, fear of doing it by myself. Fear, there's probably so many fears I can unpack, but you know, we don't have to go there. <laughs> yeah, well, we can fear, fear is certainly a big part, but this podcast is going to be like six hours long. That's true. Um, but yeah, I, I agree with you on all counts. I think, um, especially, and, and, and now we're doing a fair amount when you're working with an individual by default, you end up learning a lot about their relationships, their, their relationships with their children. And you're also navigating those things. And I used to shy away from that, but over, over the last few years, I'm like, no, I, I can help. I don't have, I don't have to have all the answers, but with the templates that we're creating, we can start working on that individual. That individual shows up with the right physiology. She shows up or he shows up with the right um, understanding of who they are and where they want to go. Then they can start to have that courage, that money poor to say like, Hey, this is, and, and use their throat chakra to be like, this is really where I want to go. Do you want to do this with me? And a lot of times it takes the biggest, it takes a huge amount of courage to say what you've never said. And, and all you need to do is build yourself up to a point where you don't say it, say it with anger. You say it with compassion and be like, Hey, where are we going with this? Right? Like, what are we doing? What's, what's your vision of like vision of the future? People go, I mean, that nice. Like you have a vision of your future. There are people, we see people all the time. It's obvious people are struggling in the world because the life has been lived for them. And they get so angry and get so low and they just deeper and deeper into a hole before they know it, they're in complete despair. And so we can really be the change by, by having a, the right vibration and bringing that right vibration to the world permeates. I used to think that uh, when I was coaching, people would say, little kids particularly, like, I have some kind of magical powers. This is amazing. You see how, look at how they watch me. They don't even stop watching me. I can move my hand. They just stare at my hand. And it was really that, that I think I, I started off coaching at such a young age. I knew it's sort of like Eckhart Tolle, Eckhart Tolle, like it was the power of now. I needed to be completely present with what I was doing. Now that did create some challenges for me in some ways because I didn't, I wasn't forecasting into the future and we can talk a little bit about that in my development, my, my sort of need to control and coach every class. However, 
what it did do is provide me a phenomenal way to know to stay present with kids and um even in my own like i i struggle with that a little bit now because now i'm forecasting a little bit more i need to think about my future i need to think about gaining this kind i need to message this person and go whoa, whoa, whoa. i got two i got two kids that are still want to talk about music and drumming and art all the time, <laughs> all the time. <laughs> and so it's very important to keep that subtle balance life is certainly about that and uh, I don't know how I got on that. Did, I don't know either, but that's okay. That was good. It's throat chakra. Yeah, or like, whatever. <laughs> I've been using I my understand. throat chakra a lot lately with compassion because I, I want to lead people. I want to lead people a certain way. And sometimes, uh, you know, I, I'm testing my limits because I, and what I mean by testing my limits is not that I'm capable. It's that I want them, I want them to be able to make this massive change in their life and feel which is really what I'm feeling, feel yeah. like true joy and exhilaration and, and connectedness. And, and I could see that they're right on the edge, but you want to say it with loving compassion. And I'm like, Hey, we're repeating this. Like, okay, how can I say it a different way? Actually, it's like, we, that's a gymnastics analogy. You'll, yeah. when you coach, you're like, you'll say things a hundred different ways. Cause you don't know what's going to resonate or what's going to click in a child. And adults are no different. Sometimes the difference is we have bigger stronger walls that surround the ego and the ego is ready for battle and that that ego wants to do everything to protect protect that protect itself because that's what it's there for and so when you say something that that ego wants to get oh, oh is, is that is that a personal attack i'm ready i'm ready i'm ready i'm ready yeah. and and so they don't want to hear it and so sometimes um i learned this early on in my coaching when people would come in i'd say hey you know you should consider eating on in this diet you should consider eating on this diet you should consider after months and months of saying it i'm like okay well they obviously are not ready for a diet and then they read an article in newsweek like did you know that this this popular diet is working effectively no you don't say tell me about it <laughs> And and it was very difficult at first. Like, hey, I've been telling you this for... But at first, I'm like, look, they weren't ready to listen to how change comes is is can be challenging, can be slow. And that's part of the reason people don't want it. But we are amazing, spiritual, energetic beings. And we have been taught that we're not. And we have been taught that, you know, suck it up, buttercup, and just accept. And we really shouldn't. We really shouldn't. And everyone's path, everyone's path to what is fulfillment is slightly different. And you should be able to identify those changes or what you need. If if truly in your heart, you need a hundred pairs of high heels and that like, oh my God, brings me so much joy to stare at that. Okay, great. <laughs> um, but if it's nature and you're living in the city and you only go every six months on a trip, that's a problem. And that your body, your mind will struggle altogether. The whole system will start to get Let's say this. Your ego could be even telling you a lie. Because I got to say right now, do you love staring out right now? Yeah. Well, we would be in Polson and... You could stare out, right? And you'd stare out and you're like... You'd convince yourself that like this is the only place that I can stare out and feel no, safe. No, 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 yeah. But, but right? You tell... Your ego starts to tell yourself a story. And that's its job. Like you, have, you definitely have to recognize that your ego's job is to keep you in a fixed mindset. And so sometimes you just have to like be more like Loki and like stir it up and say like, well, okay, you know, I'm going to give you this brings, one, but like, let's try, let's you, try something else and see what you, what you think. Yeah. You know, that brings up an inter interesting point. And you know, Joe Dispenza says that we, by the time we're 35, 
we are a just habits. <laughs> we are pretty much just made up of our habits that we've ingrained in ourselves. And so because of that, and you are those habits, you are kind of forced to live in a representation of your past. And so your past then dictates your future future because you're doing these habits over and over. So if you think about that, like you get up, you drink coffee the same way, you, you take a shower the same way, you brush your teeth the same way, you get dressed the same way, you go to go sit in your car and you drive to work the same way and you probably listen to the same jams the same way and you probably work the same way and you say the same things at work like so it's oh, like yeah. you put on double dutch bus every time you clean yeah, the house a, yeah that's true <laughs> <laughs> but this is why this is why your only take home your number one take home right now from this podcast is third eye that is why it's so important To ask yourself, do I want today to be the representation of my entire future? And if you can't, you have to be able to write down what you want to see different so that you have something to visualize, so that you have something to evaluate and go, am I worth the effort to create the change Um, and to maintain the change? I interrupted you a little bit. Did you grab? No, I think think the the big thing is to understand that, that you can... On a daily basis, you can start to do something different on purpose, even something small. Like there's sometimes I like, well, I'm going to tie my shoes different. <laughs> there was one week I was like, I'm going to tie my shoes different just to like do something different, drive a different way. Just to start saying, no, 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 I'm not these habits. And little by little, all those habits start to snowball. You know what? I'm going to go to dance class. I've never done that. Or I'm going to go to this class. I'm going to start jujitsu or I'm going to start this. Take, take back that sovereignty of your mind so that you can start having action and, and and you start feeling some excitatory um sort of hormones like oh this is new this is different that's great feel into that now if you go into that excitatory framework and you start to feel like you want to shy away from excitement that could be a good sign that's a very significant sign of uh, some kind of blockage or that you haven't healed from some trauma and a lot of what we do now is energetic healing to heal from those wounds because those will also have a negative feedback loop on your mind and start to tell you to shy away from that to get to the point where you're like you, you just aren't feeling emotions positive emotions as much as you should yeah so if you guys need help with that remember Victor and I both do coaching um, we would be extremely happy to help you on your journey because it's a ripple effect. We make a difference in your life, then you start making a difference in the people's lives around you. And, you know, the only way we change this crazy world we live in right now is through that small ripple effect, right? We can't go and like take out Bill Gates or destroy <laughs> the cabal or whatever. We can't do, we can't, we can't change the system. We can't change government. Like, yeah, your vote matters. Okay, well, what if they're cheating? You know, what we can't, but we can change the interaction in our small circle, and that will make a huge difference. In um, it's like our own silent revolution. Oh, yeah, that's big. Yeah, we also will have a link um, to check out some of our other podcasts, especially if you're unpacking some of this stuff. Um, check out some of our adventures on YouTube. We also have some some of our swag, you know, some of the things that are, that we we have our Defy the Norm series. Those those T-shirts, I always put those on and feel like, all right, just like wearing an awesome shirt when I was a little kid. I'm putting on my Superman shirt because I don't feel like Superman. <laughs> 
you know, put on, help us out, put on the Five Norm shirt, start, pick the color that you feel like inspired to be motivated. I always like to pick a shirt based on like, okay, I'm working on this chakra today, right? That's true. He wears his red, his red shirt a lot. So he yeah. boosts his red, his root chakra. I mean, personally, my favorite shirt is my allergic to the rat race shirt because yeah. everybody always looks at me like, yeah, I kind of like our Make America Zen ones too, but I don't get the same reaction as when I wear the allergic to the rat race and people are like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Almost yeah. everyone loves that one. All right. I That's hope we um, inspired you. I really, the reason I don't like podcasts is because there's not enough interaction. Well, there's interaction between my husband and I, which is awesome, but it's like, it's There's hard no when like feedback. to not see people or hear comments or all this stuff. So never feel shy to just send reach us out. A, reach out, send us an email and just say hi. That would be kind of cool for me because I like connection with the universe and with people. So all right. we're out.